You are Locked On Fantasy, your daily fantasy football podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Greetings, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Locked On Fantasy Football Podcast. As usual, I'm your host, Vinny Iron. When I'm not doing this, I'm writing about NFL and fantasy football for SportingNews.com. Come to the site now, uh, check out what we have there. Anything that you need to get ready for your draft, the basics are there. The cheat sheets, the top 200s, everything you need to know rankings-wise, as well as some specific uh, tailored columns uh, looking at vacated targets, trying to predict numbers on new teams receiving cores and all that so some in-depth stuff as well i have the rookie rankings which i will be updating here as we get deeper into the preseason and also some fantasy draft advice and tips and we're kind of applying that to to the snake format here on the show we continue on with our week-long mock draft it's basically our version of the mock draft which is taking account the players taken and kind of looking at as a catch-all in a 12 team 17 round half point PPR situation so we're not just saying these are the picks we made and all that we're going into the philosophy of what we were thinking in each set of picks Uh, we already went through rounds one and two yesterday's show we went through rounds three and six and what the summary of those shows were and you can check those out again to see what we're thinking the player values that are best at those particular selections there one through 72 it's building the core of your roster so however it breaks down you want to make sure you are set at running back and wide receiver above all else because you can find the better quarterback and tight end values on the rounds that we're talking about today that's round seven through ten so we'll be more than halfway through with our mock draft situation here after today's show so let's dive right into it look at some of the players there that are good targets and uh, what you want to think about in picks number 73 to 120 overall this is the meat in the middle of your rankings cheat sheet and uh, things can be in flux here that you have to be paying attention to is the most important thing now what positions do you typically fill here well that's the thing. You probably have your plan of, uh, you should have uh, your wide receiver one and two. You should have running back one and two at this point. I think the wild card there, if you're in a in a league that has the flex position in play, as well as the wide receiver three, which we are using for our purposes, that weighing what those other two picks are, in terms of how you built your roster. So I think you definitely have to have the two running backs and two wide receivers. We said you can wait for a tight end or quarterback. If you follow that philosophy and you don't jump on one early there within the first four rounds, I think you should definitely be in a market for quarterback and tight end. Here as we get to round seven, you can still get some very good values there as well. So if you're in a waiter and you like to stockpile and knowing that Wide receiver three and flex are very critical to your team's success, and you've got some good values there. You can go there, but 
if you decide to get get that quarterback and tight end early, what you're looking at in round seven is the wheelhouse for that flex and that third wide receiver is what you're going to focus on. That's where most of the values lie, as well as uh, the second tier of uh, QB1. So basically the second half, there's seven through 12 that you look at at quarterback. So that's what you uh, kind of weigh here. At, at tight end, you start to pepper some values. Just be careful of getting on a run where somebody takes one. One mock draft I was in uh, went crazy with uh, David Njoku and uh, Jared Cook and Eric Ebron all going in this draft round. Uh, everyone just looks at, okay, about half my league has a tight end. I need to dive in before it's too late. But the thing at tight end is it can always be beneficial to wait it out there and uh, see what happens in future rounds. I think you can wait this particular year with a lot of question marks at 10 and 11 and maybe even get a good value pick. Uh, some undervalued guys definitely away from uh, round 7. At quarterback, guys you'd look at, I mean, I would assume at this point, based on your league, and we know that uh, in general, drafters take quarterbacks a little too early, because you have people at different skill levels and they want to take care of quarterback. They want to go linear and do that. Don't fall into that trap. I mean, at this point, like I said, six quarterbacks should be approximately off the board. Uh, I think debating on who those six are, but pretty clear Patrick Mahomes, Deshaun Watson, Andrew Luck, and Aaron Rodgers are there. Andrew Luck, you actually might now get a value because of the injury concerns there. So something to keep in mind and, you could either uh, wait and take them later or avoid them a little bit earlier, and uh, that should push some better values down to you as well. So there's always a trickle-down effect when somebody's afraid to take a player and he automatically becomes a better value himself, but when that player is taken, he makes another player that you didn't expect available there as well. So that could help or hurt Baker Mayfield here and R Matt Ryan, I think, they're kind of the next guys you look at that have pretty good value. So after Mayfield and Ryan, that kind of turn, I think there's a case to be made that you look at Mayfield and Ryan, and if you don't get into that, uh, again, top half tier there among the QB1s, then you can wait it out a little bit longer. So quarterback and tight end, they will often uh, dominate round seven, eight, of these drafts, but this is where sometimes it's good to uh, zig when everyone else zags. And if you get that luxury pick of the tight end uh, earlier or the quarterback, uh, you can get some values there at the other running back and wide receiver spots. It's just going to be a little bit more volatility there where you're not going to have the sure things, but you're going to have some upside guys. So something you have to keep in mind. I think if you get tight end and quarterback you're going to be a little bit more solid with your value the other ones are always going to be question marks there overall so and personally that's why i like to really build running back and wide receiver early when the values and the sure things are there then you're in a good position and then you can fill it out with some uh, few upside guys that maybe are not going as high as expected and uh when you look at these rounds, we'll examine the round seven that I looked at. Uh, at wide receiver, you had Corey Davis. Again, number one receiver, but on a limited passing offense. Will Fuller in there as a number two. Christian Kirk is a co-number one. Marvin Jones 
kind of a distant number two there. So these are kind of players you get. You have Sterling Shepard, Curtis Samuel, Larry Fitzgerald. So it's usually guys that are co-top receivers on their team, clear-cut number twos. So these uh, co-number ones are more like in this spread-it-around type passing game. The number twos are, are pretty much the complementary guys that are not going to have the big games from time to time. And then you're going to have a few technical number ones on lesser passing offenses here. So that's the kind of intersection of this position you get. To me, I'm going to go for as much upside as possible. So if you're going Larry Fitzgerald or Curtis Samuel, I'm going Samuel because I want some pop there. If I'm going Christian Kirk or Larry Fitzgerald, I'm going Christian Kirk. So you're always looking for the guys that are going to give you something high. I mean, Marvin Jones in the half-point PPR format, not an exciting pick. And you should be a little bit more exciting. Go for wide receiver three or flex that can give you a lot better return here. And same thing with running back. I'm not going for the boring type backs that are backups here necessarily or have limited ceiling. I look at Darius Geis here. I know he's a young back and uh, he is in a good role potentially, but he's also coming off major injury. I'm more interested in guys like uh, Rashad Penny, Royce Freeman, Austin Eckler, Latavius Murray even to some degree, where these backs have a defined role a little bit. You know their durability risk is low based on uh, the fact that they're second, but they're also going to get some key opportunities there. Well, guys, I mean, I think you can be fooled into taking somebody there who might have value or Forcing something with a Deion Lewis where you're fighting for that PPR value or Tarek Cohen. I just don't like trying to piece together back here late. So I think these are fine flex options to some degree. But if I'm going to go for RB1 or 2, I want somebody with a higher volume. So that's what you're kind of left with. And so if you have that decision, I think I go with the younger guys that you know the roles are defined. There's going to be production for them in good rushing offenses versus trying to squeeze something out of a, of not a very good offense or a very limited role as a receiver. And to me, the backs that I really trust as uh, being really high touchbacks, they kind of end a little bit with uh, Tevin Coleman. There, I mean, you're looking at uh, probably 16 to 18 backs that have that kind of interest there overall. But again, the values would say you can go for a few more upside wide receivers and upside running backs here in this round. And uh, otherwise, uh, you're going to get the solid quarterbacks and solid tight ends. So it's a little bit more volatility in running back and wide receiver, but you could also get some higher ceilings while at uh, Quarterback and tight end, you're going for the higher floor, but not necessarily something pretty exciting and uh, dynamic where it's going to put your team over the top. So that's that's the one thing you want to keep in mind when weighing positions. When you get to rounds 7 and 8, especially, you get in there and make that turn. Again, upside is worth it at wide receiver running back. Solid is what you're looking for at quarterback and tight end. We'll be right We'll continue our look at the middle rounds of a 12-team, 17-round mock draft in a moment. But first, got to tell you that support for today's show comes from Manscaped, the number one 
name when it comes to men's below-the-belt grooming. You may have seen Manscaped on Shark Tank, and Men's Journal named their Lawnmower 2.0 as one of the best tools in men's grooming. Now you have a special deal as a listener to Lockdown Fantasy Football. Get 20% off and free shipping with the promo code LOCKDOWN at manscaped.com. That's LOCKDOWN. Use that promo code at manscaped.com. We'll be right back here to start looking at rounds 9 and 10 in your mock draft philosophy. All right, uh, let's continue here looking at the picks that you're filling out your roster. So when you get through round 8, 7 and 8, if you do the math there, we're looking at 10 starting positions when you include the flex play and kicker and defense. You're going to wait a while, we know, for a kicker and defense to do that. So you look overall, you should have your starting lineup of main core guys here. You're going to wait as long as you can on defense, create a streaming situation or platoon situation there. Kicker, we'll talk about much later. But so yeah, if you do the math, you have eight guys. Typically, I like to have starting options across the board here in some combination. Now, I tend to wait a little bit too long at quarterback sometimes hoping for the right combination and then I miss out on values that I could have had or really it's not a bad philosophy at quarterback to get one here but kind of hedge your bets and get someone else that you like as a sleeper last year that happened to me I mentioned again Andrew Luck and Patrick Mahomes there's a little bit of a question mark on both Patrick Mahomes as an unknown quantity we know he had high upside Andrew Luck you know was coming off the major injury I really thought I was going in with Andrew Luck as a starter and had a steal there, but then I said, all right, let me take Patrick Mahomes as a backup and see what happens. It was tough because I ended up with two really good value picks. I couldn't use the other quarterback as much, and I said, okay, what if i just taken Mahomes? But you can't always do that. You've also kept that top quarterback from another team. Luck was helpful during Mahomes' bye. He had a big week, so there's that. So, don't worry about that. If you end up with two good quarterback values, that's a good problem to have and something you have to consider. But typically by round eight, I think if you wait beyond then, then you're relying on others not taking the guy that you've been targeting pretty clearly. But again, it's not bad to have two options. You can play the op, the matchups here. Instead of a straight streaming situation where you're just trying to find the bottom barrel uh, guys that s- seem to have a good matchup that particular week that could be on the waiver wire. Now you're set. You can toggle your situations and uh, go from there. And we'll do a whole show looking at the best combinations there. But that's really what I like to do. Is like I like to take two quarterbacks as options because I know, based on the history of fantasy football, that somebody well outside the top 12 is going to finish in the top 12, maybe two, three, or four guys. So there's that. So I think that's a mistake some people make. They wait and wait on a quarterback, but then they don't realize they need to take two just in case and hedge your bets. With the early picks, what you get is the advantage of, for the most part, if they stay healthy, that you're going to get somebody who yields that return. So it's a little bit safer to go for that known quantity. But Again, if you're going slightly unknown or you have a few question marks, that's when you want to double up a little bit. It's not necessarily wasting a pick there. It's a kind of battling to get the right value. So, again, if you're investing in those two elite wide receivers early, it's because it's such a tremendous value. 
And the same thing goes for getting two quarterbacks who could be starters that toggle them in your lineup because this is where the best value is. We know that. Rounds 7, 8, I mean, it continues into 9 and 10 there as well. So you can definitely stack up, get a little ahead of that game. Before people like dive into the upside guys, and I'm talking about Kyler Murray and uh, Dak Prescott and these guys that we've uh, identified as sleepers here, get one of those guys, get one of those guys that you're familiar with as a producer, and I think you'll be very happy at quarterback in this range in particular. I think you can extend a little bit beyond that, but again, if you want to control things, 7 through 10 is where to do it at quarterback. Now, what we look at with player value here, and as we go, I mentioned round 8 and 9 that you're picking guys that excite you a little bit just and don't have necessarily that uh, low kind of ceiling. You want as much ceiling as possible because... You can go off your board a little bit, say, okay, I got these guys, I like them, I'm going to go off script and just go for uh, what I really like and my team needs at the moment. Because the rankings could may not help you at some point. If you're stacked with a bunch of wide receiver three options or running back two, three options for the flex, you're just not going to dive in if you've feel confident about those positions with more regular starters because you invested in those positions early. So you really have to go off script a little bit, think about it, uh, take your chances, and maybe this is your opportunity to go after uh, people that you're not 100% sure about but you like, like DK Metcalf and uh, Michael Gallup at wide receiver. Uh, You really think that Marquez Valdez-Scantling could do something special here this season. Those are the type of uh, receivers there you look at. So, again, upside, upside, upside as much as you can. Once you feel good about your portfolio early that you've got that balance of uh, tried and trues and uh, a few risks there, but this is where you kind of mitigate those risks with uh, wide receiver fours that uh, could really help you in some form. I mean, another guy I like in this range is Jameson Crowder. Kiki Kuti, I think, could be busy as well. So in the half-point PPR, these guys have a little bit more value that you look at. This is maybe where you tap into that Steelers situation. Maybe you can get something out of number two. And if you're going to go James Washington, Dante Moncrief there, I think you look at uh, Washington instead. Because, again, we're looking at the ceiling over the floor. And I think that's the theme that you keep thinking about in these particular rounds. Because... Again, you have the foundation. This is the difference maker round where you pick up one or two guys that uh, really shoot the moon and overproduce, and all of a sudden you have suddenly one wide receiver two and three wide receiver threes of good value, or you have, in the ideal situation, you should be shooting for wide receiver one types with every pick. It's not always going to work out. We know that. But if you can get... Say, with the three wide receivers and flex, people who produce in the end like wide receiver ones, a couple of them, people produce like wide receiver twos, then you've really maximized here. So you want as much of that as possible, and that's why you need upside. Otherwise, you're just stuck, and you're just going through the motions where everyone kind of slots in wide receiver one, wide receiver two, wide receiver three. I think you always have to think about, yeah, that's the position they'll occupy on your team, but in terms of production overall, 
you're shooting for all guys that have the big time production. So you can't expect it from everyone. I get it. The values are not going to be there, but you should at least believe that there's some sense that you could get it. And I think another guy is like John Brown stepping into a good offense if situation of the Bills where he's the clear number one receiver with a big arm quarterback. We know what he did last year early. We taught him a sleeper. With Joe Flacco there, he really came through. So, again, if you have a justification to think this person is going to way overproduce their spot, then you go for it. If you're going for a Peyton Barber type here, and like you know that it's going to be limited. Or you look at even a rookie like Miles Sanders, if you look at him in the ninth round, you're excited. But you know Jordan Howard is there, Darren Sproles is there. This is a committee team. You know that you're not going to get too much there. Kareem Hunt... I mean, this is a great example here. I've seen him go in rounds 9 and 10. You already know it's limited because he's there on the shelf, not available to play for half the season. You've got Nick Chubb there as a very good lead back for early. So you're sitting on someone that has a limited ceiling and a limited floor here this season. So those are the worst type of picks to take around these uh, rounds here where you – you just go through the motions and picking someone to fill a spot. Really think about their bench player and think about can they start and it'd be a big deal for me for a while. Don't just say, okay, I've got my starters. I'm going to go for the backups. I can't play these guys anyway. You never know what's going to happen with injuries or disappointment in production. You always want to be thinking, always want to be closing with the best possible values out there. We'll be back in a moment to uh, kind of summarize our what we want to do in rounds 7 and 10 of our fantasy football drafts in a moment. But first, got to make sure that, uh, guys, as well as this show, you're checking out the new Lockdown NFL. It's totally on fire. It's one of the best shows out there, most listened to NFL shows anywhere. With the expert analysis of former NFL scout Matt Williamson, now hosted by Brian Peacock, Lockdown NFL is your daily national podcast on all things NFL and that's the only place that you're going to get Matt's unique take on the game. Follow Lockdown NFL now on your preferred podcast provider. We'll be right back here to close our look at rounds 7 through 10 in mock drafting. All right, uh, the show uh, has to come to a close here so we can uh, then turn the page tomorrow there for our looks at rounds 11 through 14, so stay tuned for that. We'll talk about more players, the, the sleepers we like there. That'll be really focused on some guys that I'm going to give you there as a list and as well as uh, some defenses that can start to uh, pop up into your purview there. So that's what the focus of rounds 11 through 14. Uh, here in our show uh, with rounds 7 through 10, we've talked about that, again, you want to make sure you're keeping an eye on the rounding out your starting lineup core players. Uh, you did that with rounds one through six. You get those two other starters there at non-kicker and non-defense in rounds seven through eight. You should really look to have your starting lineup completed. And then, then start to think about doubling up on quarterback, doubling up on tight end. So you make sure you get some value here while that's hot and, uh, not just reach for wide receivers running backs where you have a good cadre of players from earlier. So 
that's how you kind of weigh things out. Again, don't just force a pick on somebody you kind of heard of that you kind of like a little bit, but you know the production necessarily is not going to be there, and they're really going to be limited as a backup there. You're not treating your backup running back and backup wide receiver like a NFL team treats a backup quarterback there that a little bit of an afterthought that you hope that guy doesn't have to play and if he does it might be manageable production but not enough you're looking for people that can step in and deliver what you're looking for in a, the scoring format the half point PPR and really not uh, be in trouble should one of your starters go down or miss some time or have a bye week you want to have someone who can step in there and produce seamlessly as much as possible and uh, you can only do that by going with guys that have more ceiling than floor here in uh, 2019. So there you have it. There's your look at round 7 through 10. Some players that you should be targeting that we like. Some of the positions that you have to consider and how to balance it out. Quarterback and tight end. It's a dance between those positions where you only have one starter each versus running back and wide receiver where you can have a combined five starters each. So keep that in mind in the end. That's where you have to have the most depth at running back and wide receiver. Quarterback may want less volume, but you want higher quality there as well as tight end there. So you can definitely look to double up. If you're not going early, you want to do that here with those positions. Thanks so much for listening to Locked on Fantasy Football. Again, we'll come back with our look around 11 through 14 tomorrow and then close the week with our looks at... uh, the kinds of picks you want to make in rounds 15 through 17. For Locked On Fantasy Football, this has been Vinny Iyer. We'll see you next time.